LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Dean, and joining me is the hostess with the Moses, Jessica. And together, we are going to be bringing you another addition to our Game of Thrones coverage. And this week, we will be covering the Sons of the Harpy. Which, for a long time this episode, seemed like, what the fuck? No Sons of the Harpy. I don't get it. But then at the end, I got it. Lots of harpies. (laughs) Lots of Sons of Harpies. They are fucking creepy. Uh, by the way, Sons of the Harpy spells the last in the four episode leak. So Yeah, so now nobody can spoil us. Not that anybody did. Thanks, guys. And now that Benioff and wife have... Wife? wife? wife Benioff and his wife. Benioff and his wife, his hey. man wife. <laughs> now that Benioff and his man wife have sufficiently Weiss. jammed their uh, cocks into the asses of George R. R. Martin's actual books and all the fans are... Going crazy about Flipping it. Flipping out. At least we know it won't be spoiled going forward. So I guess there's a silver lining there. I heard that like there's a lot of mad, but like angry book fans. Yep. Mad book fans. What are you going to do? Mad kings. But like Just... you said last week, it makes sense if you've come to know a, a real, and I mean, a real upheaval in the way they do things. I could, I can understand getting oh, yeah, a little get, annoyed with that. I get mad at shit all the time like that. I just haven't read the book, so I can't be mad, but I would totally be like a book reader that would piss off the non-book readers if I was a book reader. Right. For sure. Yeah, I got you. I'm like that too, but it depends on what though. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I thought like if they ever did like the Thrawn trilogy for Star Wars and they fucked that all up, I'd probably be pissed. Yeah. It's weird, though. It's funny, like, you default to saying fucking it up, but really it's just a retelling of the same tale. It's no, some, you know, it's fucking it up. No, I'm just <laughs> Actually, you know what? It's pretty much fucking it up. So. I mean, have you seen some of the horrible things they've done to Stephen King? Yes, I have. They have not translated those films very well. But we have hope for the future. Yes, There's we do. Stephen King coming down. There certainly is. But let's stick to George R. R. Martin. Sorry, I got excited. Or at least what we... What he... What you people are actually want to listen to. <laughs> what you want to listen to, yeah. Or why don't we just make this a podcast about the 1980s Stephen King's It and how terrible it was. But the new one's coming. True. Not starring Ben Mendelsohn, though, so sad face for Damn. me. Nope. Sorry for you. But... Anyways, nobody cares about that. We got plenty of shit to talk about in this episode. And, yeah, I like uh, this episode a lot. Why don't we do this? Why don't we start somewhere? I'll let you lead it off, and you can just Ooh. take me through, and we will uh, we will get through this. Shall we begin? We'll get everybody through. But before we do that, why don't you just give me your initial thoughts? Just give me your instant impressions on this episode. I know you're saying you like it. I did. Why? I thought a lot of stuff happened, because um, we've had a lot of build-up to stuff happening, but in this, we actually had stuff happening in Marine. We really kind of had stuff happening in King's Landing. Um, Stannis became my favorite character, which was kind of crazy since I hated even, him like he didn't a year even ago. Pet a dog. If he pet a dog, oh my god, I would buy T-shirts saying I loved him. Yeah. But um, yeah, like shit starting to happen here. We got sword fights, people killing people. We got death of a man that I loved because mm, he was kind. That was rough. Um, but we should we'll talk about that was at the end of the episode, and I think we should bury that lead and just talk about it. Bury that lead. Okay, sorry, that's okay. So uh, my initial thoughts on this episode were uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. There's, I thought it was attractively shot. Ooh. I know that first couple of scenes are very dark. Are you dark. talking about Melisandre when she was naked? That was attractive or for sure. Or <laughs> the episode as a whole. <laughs> Those cold witch boobs. 
But um, I did like that. Absolutely. Uh, specifically, I, I really liked the under the when they were on the ship, when Jamie and Brian on the ship and they were below deck. I like the light streaming down from the upper deck. You could hear the you could hear the ship like the, the, the to and fro swaying, the cranking of the 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 wood making noise like it just was cool. We don't really see a lot of that, like a lot of the whole sea travel yeah. aspect of, of this medieval tale, as it were. But I liked that scene a lot. I just thought it was a nice set, a nice design, even though it was brief. Yeah, I understand. But yeah, attractive for sure. And uh, I got to tell you, this religious fanaticism stuff is uh, really is terrifying. Up. It's terrifying. Yeah, and, I don't like um, it. it I'm looking me. forward to talking about that. So uh, those were some of the highlights for me. And of course, Tyrion uh, coming out of his funk as he did. Being feisty. Once once he was threatened, once he was no longer bored and, and had no future, he yeah. woke the fuck back up. So welcome back, Tyrion. Thank you very much. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick things off where you want to. Um, well, do you want to start and talk about Dorne and Jamie and Bronze since you're already talking about that ship scene? We let's can do it. right there. And that's how the episode opened anyway, so. It sure did. Well, actually, it, it opened with George. Just kidding. Let's but. have a listen. There's nothing like a good fight to get you in the mood for fucking. And there's nothing like a fuck mad Dornish girl to clear your head for the next fight. It's how the two work together. Now, we're going to be doing a lot of fighting, I'm sure. Well, I am. But I don't imagine we'll get to stick around for the rest. Not after we've kidnapped their princess. We're not kidnapping their princess. He goes on to say that we're liberating my niece. And, and Bronze like, like uh, okay. Uh, sure, she's sure. your niece. So let's talk about this scene. And let's talk about this whole mission. Okay? Yes. Jamie is sent on this mission from Cersei. Because she's pissed off. What do you think is going on here? What do you mean? Like, like what Cersei is Cersei's... is ejecting everyone from Cersei her presence. Cersei is pissed off. She wants to have... She doesn't want anyone near her that's going to cloud her views about anything or... or She wants complete and total power. She doesn't want Jamie being like, oh, Cersei, I got a free Tyrion. Ooh, he's our brother. Or she doesn't want Jamie distracting her with her his sexual prowess or whatever. Um, so she had to get rid of him. I was thinking that, you know, there's that whole... What a sexual problem. Yeah, I was when I was in the shower and I had the, the warm water spraying my nether regions. <laughs> this, the face of Jamie Lannister just leaps to mind over and over Obviously. again. You know, no matter how much Me I tried too. to do... Uh, so weird. <laughs> no matter how much I had to do math equations in my head, it just kept coming back. One hand to Jamie. <laughs> so he, yeah, one hand, he only needs one. That's right. But Jamie... You know, if you think of Jamie's life as we've seen it, he is briefly in Winterfell, he's briefly serving Robert Baratheon, and then it doesn't take long for him to get in trouble, him to get sent away, captured, his hand chopped off, he's gone. He's been out of Cersei's presence more than he's been in Cersei's presence. Yeah. And she made it pretty clear, like, you weren't here. I kind of feel like she's gotten used to him not being around, even though she says she loves him, which I think is just part of her manipulation. I don't know if she loves him. It's, I thought she did, like, in that episode and the, the finale. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I really thought when she was, like, telling Tywin. Right. And I was she like, fooled oh, everybody, my God. I think. Like, I, I, and maybe at that point she thought that she did. But everything that happened made her change her mind. Because she doesn't. I think if Jamie died in Dorne, she'd be like, whatever. She's more concerned with her power and her hold on what's going on. In I think Landing. if Jamie is a master, excuse me, Cersei is a master of using actual emotions to get things done. I think she no would be shit. upset about Jamie dying and I think it would propel her to do what she wants to do, which is, you know, squash Dorn. 
That's true. She would probably love it. She's probably sending Jamie there, and she probably hopes he gets killed so that she can start a war. I don't know, though. I don't know if she does think that, because I think she really wants her daughter back. Yeah, I think that she cares about her children as... Indicated. Yeah, I mean, that that is something that I do believe. Although, if Cersei was my mom, I'd be like, fuck this bitch. But I started to think about it, like... Not until Braun and Jamie arrive, they they have this great scene on this boat and they get to Dorne. And I see them hiding in the sand dunes, eating snake. I like that foreshadowing, by the way. Yeah. And then I started to realize, are they just going to kill random groups of guards until they fight their way to Marcella and then drag her off into a ship in the night? Like, this is a fucking ridiculous mission. This is exactly what Braun was saying to Jamie. Right. He's That's like, what this I mean. is stupid. How are we going to get her? Why didn't you send a bunch of me? Like, why didn't you send an army? And he's like, I didn't want to start a war. And Bronn's like, okay, well, why didn't you send two of me? Like, why are you here? Right. You're going to make this impossible. Because someone like Bronn could just sneak in and grab her. Right. If it was a couple of randos that nobody knows. When you have Jamie Lannister, no one's going to sneak in and kidnap Marcella. That's what he said. Everyone knows your face. As anticipated, that captain's going to bribe you out, which is what we see later with yeah. the Sand Snakes. Of Jamie, course. so believing in people. <laughs> what a fool. So yeah, it's uh, what is Jamie? What is Cersei doing with Jamie here? That's the thing I don't understand entirely. It's like she must know this is a ridiculous quest. Was this an emotional response though that she was so angry about? Like, did she give it not much? She was angry about Tyrion and Jamie setting Tyrion free. And I think she was mad when she got the thing from Ilaria because Ilaria wanted to push her buttons. Of course. And I think in those moments, she made a snap decision to say, go, go and do what you're going to do. But I think Braun's starting to put in in, in Jamie's head, like, what's going on here, dude? Like, yeah. And that, and we have to remember that Braun has a really good relationship or had with Tyrion. And I'm sure he's seen Cersei's, he's seen Cersei's work firsthand and he's heard plenty from Tyrion. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Braun doesn't like Cersei. I'm sure he knows about that. Right. Um, I do love when he's like, Oh, Tyrion, you set him free. And Jamie's like, no. And Braun's like, okay. Just like, he's like, Oh yeah. Marcella's your niece. All right. And Jamie's like, well, she is. And Braun's like, okay. (laughs) Just like Braun has no, he doesn't believe Jamie for a second when he says he's going to kill Tyrion. He knows he would never would. Yeah. That wasn't very nice that he said that. I love Tyrion. I think that's Jamie still trying to keep up the facade. Like, I didn't betray my family to. And he my knows father, that's the right you know? thing to say. Oh, if I right. saw Tyrion, I would kill him. He killed her father. I'm not gonna kill him, Jamie. Let's be honest here. Right. So I don't know. It's crazy to think about this whole, this whole thing they got going on. This whole let's just kind of sneak around this entire this continent or this land. It's not a continent. Yeah. This land that belongs to another family. A bunch of crazy bitches. They're gonna around. get captured. I mean, they're not gonna waltz into the into the. Into Prince Doran's area. Like, hello. Hey, we how throw are on a you? Horse I and... really liked you in Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> and ride off on a horse like it's just not going to happen. So I don't know. Yeah, and, I'm and now t- they've killed Dornish men. Mm, yes. I mean shit. I think that I I can tell you I feel pretty certain, just like I felt pretty certain that Oberon was going to live. You said this to me last night. I feel pretty certain that Bronn is going to die. I know you said that, and 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 I feel that because I feel like it was heavily foreshadowed in his conversation with Jamie where he says that he wants, he had an exciting life and he wants a boring death. Right. And I, I really feel like we're going to lose Braun here and it's going to be pretty upsetting yeah. because I was so happy to see him back. And I, and I really feel like he is not going to fare well. Right. Um, and, and maybe he's going to save Jamie. He's going to save Marcella. I don't know what he's going to do, but I don't think that Braun and Tyrion are going to have drinks together again. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's a good. I think that's a good prediction. I'm on I, fire with predictions. So it's a good one because, uh, damn, I gotta say, it's. I could see. I could see the prince. I could see you know Prince Doran doing a thing where he's like, well. You're dead because you're a nobody, but you I can't kill because I know what that means. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares in the grand scheme of things. Nobody cares if a lowly knight Braun dies. Except for me. Except for us. We are not in the grand scheme of things. Oh, that's unfortunate. We are but humble heralds of the tales of Game of Thrones. Love you, Braun. That's all we do. Heart, heart. I do too. I hope he doesn't die, but I think you might be onto something and assuming he may. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad. But anyway... I loved the battling. Uh, it was great. The fighting was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Braun just kicking ass. I just love their like, shitty lies. Cooper and Darnell—they say they are. <laughs> Our ship capsized in the night. He's and they're excited. talking about sharks. I love that. Right. Jamie, whoops. And Jamie should have kept maybe his mouth it's a shut. Dolphin. <laughs> right. Um, but I just like that when they're trying to decide. Jamie's like, okay, there's four of them, and Braun's like. How many can you take? James says one if he's slow. Right. I'm like, oh my God. And Bron's like fucked in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, okay, let's try this storytelling. So then anyway, they make they make short work of him. And yeah, Jamie uses his metal hand to his advantage. That was slick. What'd you think of that? Love he, that part. He reaches up. Loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. It was so cool to watch. It was funny when it was stuck in his hand after the fact. Too, yeah, he's like was... looking at it like, oh my God. Like he was shocked that it happened. You know, the instinct to protect yourself. Right. And then he was like, oh, what the heck is this? It's funny, you know, now, now that I'm thinking about it, he should start to learn how to use that fucking thing as a weapon because people won't people expect face with or it. block shit because you don't block with your hand, you know? So. Yeah, it's like having a shield, like the Captain America shield, but it's just like Jamie Lannister's hand. Ping. I like it. I'll take your sword. Thank you. And then, of course, Bronn says you had a wonderful teacher after he tells him nice move. But yeah, this whole scene I really liked. But I'm I'm this 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 Jamie and, and Bronn thing. How is it going to end? The good news is, is that we know that Prince Doran is pretty gracious. Yeah, he's a cool dude. But you did kill four of his men when you beached on uh, here to just take Marcella back. So, yeah. hmm. That's going to be tough to get by, but I think that Ilaria Sand is going to run across these guys. I think so, too. I don't even think Prince Doran's going to have anything to do with whatever their ultimate fate is. I think Ilaria is going to cause her trouble first. These Sand Sisters could be the end of Bronn. Uh, yeah, we'll they're see. trouble. They are trouble. I love them. So they decide to bury these people because they're going to still attempt to be clandestine in their operation here at Dorne. Which is an awesome, again, like Jamie being funny where he's like, oh, I can't really dig well with one hand. And he's like, or at all. And Ron's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> like, awesome. I don't know. I, although sometimes I hate, I feel, I feel like I'm, I, I should hate Jamie for every awful thing that he's done. Then he does something like that. And I'm like, but you're so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And we are reminded, of course, that your family's hate in this part of the country. That's something that Bron made clear. So mm-hmm. again, uh, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> Why are you here? Death wish. All right. Do you have anything else that you want to say about Jamie and Bron? Do you want to move? Do you want to just go right to Alaria? Yeah, let's talk about Alaria. Let's do it. Um, I love these like sand sisters. These chicks are freaking awesome. They're terrifying. Um, well, the one is terrifying. I love that girl. Yeah. Love her. Can't wait to see the shit that she does. 
Anybody who will throw a freaking spear through a guy's head who's like literally can't move. He's like incapacitated. Hey, just hanging out here. What is no this? Reason. This looks like a really bad, like you went to the beach with your kids and they're like, let's bury your dad. Yeah. And also <laughs> now scorpions will yeah, crawl on your face. Oh, damn. Anyways, these girls are badass. You like I them really... because they come from the loins of Oberon Martel. You can tell that the girl with the sphere, man. Sphere? The sphere. The sun sphere. <laughs> the circular device, the circular globe, as it were. <laughs> or spear, as it were. The spear. I, I'm thinking like sun sphere. Like, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> the sphere of sun. <laughs> um, yeah, she was awesome. Um, that other little girl with the short hair, who I think is not related to Oprah, is just related to Alaria. She's a little kind of puss, but it's okay. Yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get badassery from her. No, I got like, love you, mom, whatever you want, as long as we can bond and paint our nails. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God for Oprah's daughter. Although she may be the one responsible for those scorpions. Maybe she like has scorpions in a bag and then she just throws at people. That's like her job. That's her move. Like, okay, we did everything else, so get your scorpions out. You got whip chicks, fear chick, as it were, and the chick with the scorpions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's beautiful will it be war mother yeah they're ready they're gonna fight they're gonna kill marcella and start a war that's what they want to do that's insanity uh yeah also there's only four of them so also Oberyn wouldn't want war no way obviously because look at the way he went to king's landing he went had a good time hung out in the whorehouse he didn't sneak around the beaches killing he riders fought for a lannister i know Get the out only of town. good one obviously because he just loved that little pink cock. He did. He, did. he remembered that little monster baby. But Ilaria's like, Doran's way in peace, my way in war. Yeah, is pretty crazy right now. She's pushing her luck with this Prince Doran. And he's uh, going to yeah. flip out if this bitch tries to start war. Because he's in charge at the end of the day. Yeah. Sorry, Ilaria. And again, like, Doran is not this violent, like we want to start war with all these people type of place. Right. Obviously. Or but they would they, have already started a war. But they can wage war if they need to, obviously. They are the, uh, they're very tough, as it oh, were. Oh, sure. But, you know, this whole thing, this whole thing with Alaria and trying to avenge Oberyn and this, you know, it's, um, I don't, I don't know if I love it entirely because she didn't strike me as this war-like revengeful woman. She's just like, all of a sudden, I'm going to chop my hair off. I'm going to yell at your brother. I want war. I'm going to get my sisters together. Like, whoa, what the fuck, lady? You you saw him volunteer to fight. He fought a giant guy who crushed his fucking head because he's gigantic. And now you want to start war. Like, she's a little, I don't know if I love it that much. That's all I'm going to say. And I love this show. But I think if I want to be critical of, of something, it would be, her instant turn to let's chop my hair off and try to start war at all costs by chopping up a little girl and sending it back to the Lannisters. Which Oberon would never do. That's just thin to me, writing-wise. I don't know if I love that. I want to point out, like, when women cut their hair short, they typically go crazy and try to start war. So, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest here. If you don't I have long hair, that. there's something wrong. Your hair's been short a while. God damn. That's right. God if only you knew what I was planning. I just got the final key to unlocking the puzzle that is you. It all makes sense now, doesn't Jesus it? Christ. I've been working with Ilaria. We're going to start a war <laughs> together with our short hair. Do you hair. have a young princess in the closet that you're flaying slowly? Can't tell you. Jesus Christ. You should go hang out with Ramsey Snow. I just think it's so funny that this is like this indication of like, now this woman's going to do something fucking crazy and she's going to take the male role. They're like, we got to cut her long hair though, because you know, chicks with long hair, they just, you know, they're pretty. We need her to be badass. Mm. Yeah. Just pointing that out. 
Although the most baddest of the daughters has long hair tied back. Yeah, that's true. Love her. And her name was what? Obera? Yeah, it was something that Obara was or like Obara. Oberon, oh, but yeah, not. It was. But I liked I liked her tale of Oberon. Toss the spear at my feet. Girl or boy, we must fight in our battles. We I must fight our own battles. Very cool. Oberon and his feminist charm. So, um, yeah, what do you think about Alaria's decision to... What, do, you, do you love... I think she's uh, being a little crazy. A little crazy, yeah. I mean, she seemed much more... And I'm sure, like, having the love of your life, like, killed in that manner in front of you is pretty traumatic. But her way of going about everything she's going about is a mistake. Look at Oprah, and he was pissed about his sister being killed. And look at this long con he pulled off to get to where he thought he was going to kill him out in. Like, look at the time that passed. Right. Like, all the thinking he did. And he came this close. Like, he just let his emotions get in the way, or he could have done what he wanted to do. Maybe Alaria should take a lesson from that. Exactly. Like, stop letting your emotions cloud your judgment. If you want to avenge Oberyn's death, this may not be the way to do it. Mm. You're right. I think that's a great point. She should learn from his death, and she should honor the fact that he was involved in what is considered a lawful battle in this realm. Hey, ain't that the truth? Mm. All right. So, Alari and the Sand Snakes, I'm, I'm good there. Where do you want to go next? Lead the way, my uh, friend. Let's go to, I mean, should we just go to King's Landing since we were already kind of talking about Cersei and we might as well keep talking about her? Yeah, we're so far going in the order of the episode, kind of, so let's do it. Well, Boom. then. Uh, the Iron Bank wants their goddamn money. Yeah. And uh, uh, if you fuck around, they're going to send a faceless assassin to named collect Named Arya Stark. <laughs> to collect their money. You don't want those faceless assassins coming. I've seen the shit that they do. They give people water and they just die. I've seen so, them. They are, f- they are fierce. Yeah, they, they sweep, sweep the <laughs> shit out of sacred temples. And they temples. clean dead bodies like yes. you have never seen. And call each other cunts. Wow. So. Yeah. Anyways, they need some money. And then Mace Tyrell, the most useless character. I can't. He looks to me. Like if you were going to make a movie about like a Shakespearean play. Like, he looks like he'd be, like, the overactor. Like, do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, he looks you know like a, funny somebody cast that? in a bad Shakespearean movie. I wrote, he's the most Monty Python person in this yes, whole show. exactly. Right? Exactly. That's what he reminds he's me of. He's such an idiot. And everything Cersei does, he's just like, oh, sure, Cersei. Cersei, why don't I give you some money? I bet I, if you don't pay me back, I'll tell my daughter to yell at you. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then Cersei's like, yeah, okay, you're going to go to Bravos. He's like, oh. I would love to. Okay, yeah. dumbass. And the Master of Coin gets sent to Bravos with Marin fucking Trent. That's why I wrote my notes. Marin fucking Trent. So, what the fuck, Cersei? I'm pretty certain that the second that door shut behind them, Marin Trant likely just slit his throat. That's a huge, 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 huge. I'm not sure if I've emphasized how huge it would be. Mistake. To leave anywhere with Marin Trant? To kill, to kill him. Mace Tyrell. Oh. That's war. I think that maybe once they get out to Bravos, Marin Trant could kill him in a way where they would say, oh, but he wasn't just killed no by Marin No fucking Trant. way. I don't know. I'm pretty suspicious. And I'm pretty suspicious about everything Cersei's doing with Marjorie's Gee. family. What are they going to do to Grandma Tyrell next? For Christ's sake. One of them's off with Marin Tram. One of, them in j- one of them is in jail. One of them is a grandma. It was pretty awesome, though. I do have to say. It was pretty cool what Cersei did at King's Landing. And this just <laughs> reminds you of how formidable she is. Yeah, forget Marjorie having the upper hand. <laughs> forget Marjorie having the upper hand. That lasted for a very short time. And Cersei did exactly what she's supposed to do. Play a cool in the face of a woman who is, by law, more powerful than you. 
Yeah. And just keep working your magic. Like we talked about last time, she was running out of allies. She's mm-hmm. going around collecting allies with these faith militants. Fucking crazy people right? that scare the shit out of me. Faith militants. She's going after those people. She knows that Lancel's part of that. She's now trying to work over this high sparrow whom she thinks will help her control this group. He's so cute. I wish he wasn't a bad guy. I just want to hug him and like ask him to adopt me and be my grandfather. I think her alliance with him is going to be her downfall oh, because she's playing it. He is, I, I believe that the high sparrow is somebody who is, who seems to be Despite having a crazy religious angle to him, strikes me as generally being a good dude. Oh, you don't think he's like cult leader-esque? No, I don't. I don't think that at all. And I think Cersei's misjudging her alliance with this guy. But otherwise, I think what she's doing is brilliant. She's picking apart like a goddamn bird of prey. She's picking off Tyrells. Oh, yeah. You go exactly. away. You go away. She they, they grabs her Loras Tyrell. He gets thrown in jail. Yeah. She sends Tommen, essentially, she, she sets Tommen up for humiliation. Uh, yes. To teach him a fucking lesson. That's not very nice because I love Tommen. But goddamn, is she pulling the strings? She This was vintage Tywin Lannister shit here. Like, yeah. making moves. Making moves to cement her strength and her power. She's not going to just disappear into the night like we said. She's not going to just go back to Casterly Rock and hang out with Kevin Lannister and those boring people. He's she's doing shit, and it's that's why it's hard not to appreciate what Cersei brings to this show—the character, her ambition, evil, evil ways. Oh, she's so slick. Yeah, she's pretty evil. It's awesome. The small crown council grows smaller and smaller. Pycelle says, "Not small enough. Not small enough." And she's gonna bring her buddy, the High Sparrow, to bring back the Faith Militant, which is fucking scary shit. The armed Faith Militant. I guess that's an oxymoron, though. But yeah, she um, she and, wants him to get a sinner, but that's a privileged sinner who's protected, right? By gold and things. And right away, I'm like, it's Loris Tyrell. And Dean said, No, it's not gonna be Loris Tyrell. They can't just go grab him. And I'm like, Nope, it's gonna be him. Did like I said, on point with predictions right now, right? And I should have known because earlier she was like, You should be more discreet. They reminded us in the preview. I know previously on. Um, I like Loris Tyrell. I think he's like super cute and. I just really like him. I think he's a cool dude. I like that he was going out with Renly because I liked Renly back in the day, back when he was still alive yeah. and a likable character. Yeah. So this sucks for Loras Tyrell. These religious groups like scare me because I know this is like this crazy over the top thing, but there are fucking people who are really like this. Absolutely. Terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And here's what's crazy about them in this setting. The faith militant in this setting is frightening because they're totally fearless. Mm-hmm. They have no fear. They were going to fight the King's Guard and die, by the way. Those guys would have been oh, yeah. slaughtered on the steps of the Sept of Baelor. But Tommen doesn't let it happen. A good move, I think. By Tommen? I think a good move there. But th- the Faith Militant are totally fearless. And we see that twice in this. Two groups, the Sons of the Harpy, yep. fearless. Throwing themselves at the Unsullied. Yeah, they should hook up with the Faith Militant and they could the faith start militant, a war of their own. Fearless. No training. It's just a group of... Lancel has training as a squire. Yeah, but... Just a group of guys that go around and overwhelm people with force, right? Yeah, with those crazy things on their head. Yep. And uh, yeah, I just... So there's that. And then there's another part of this, which I really like about King's Landing. I like how we see how Marjorie Tyrell, although a bit formidable with her tongue in court, quickly realizes she's outmatched by Cersei mm-hmm. and has to call for grandma. Well, grandma will take care of shit. But has to call for grandma. She has to call for her mommy 
because Cersei gave her a bloody fucking nose. Oh, Marjorie, oh. I wanted more from you. Although I'm glad if Elena Tyrell can come back into the show, there will be nothing wrong with that at all. No, I agree. I love that old lady. I agree. But she's a tiger in the bedroom, by the way. <laughs> he's ever forgot. I forgot all about that. That's good to know. But, but you better stay out of those brothels because that is the place they're going first. What is she going to do? I mean, how much influence does she have at King's Landing? I don't know. She did murder Joffrey, so. <laughs> she was part of this plan maybe with Littlefinger, but that's sure gone. What is when, she going to do? Just well, come back? Well, Littlefinger and Elena are both coming back to King's Landing. So maybe together they can ah, use their formidable powers to see? make some shit go Look on. Look at you catching connections. Yeah, I love Littlefinger, so I know all of his connections. Oh, by the way, I do. You also are currently always aware of where he's in Westeros at any given time. Yeah, I have a map out and I make notes like this is where Littlefinger is. Hey. <laughs> um, I also like to point out that in this episode, after many, many podcasts of complaining, I did get my full frontal male nudity. Not any of the men I wanted to see naked. So it was pretty disappointing. Sorry. But I appreciate them throwing one out there for the ladies and the gay man. Can't be picky, can you? I Dario's the one I'm really banking on because he likes to show his butt all the time, but it's not looking good. Yeah. I don't think Dean's going to want to be banging anybody anytime soon. Don't hold your breath. I won't. But listen. I'm listening. Bloody Nose calls her mama. Help me. I need my family. Wah. I'm a formidable queen. Wah. Huh? Stepping into the lioness's den. This is why I told you that Marjorie is not the more beautiful queen that Cersei needs to be worrying about. Excuse me. That's a good point. That is a good point. Cersei's like, yes, I fucked that prophecy up, lady. By the way, Cersei's pretty goddamn beautiful. Just saying. Okay, who on this show isn't? Um, Marin fucking Trant. Next question. Sure, some women might think he's attractive. (laughs) I didn't really look at him because I was like, ugh. I was too busy looking at Mace Tyrell looking like a fool. I can't like tear my eyes away <laughs> from know, him. You know what he looks like? If you go to like King Richard's Fair, which yes! is what they call it up here, he looks like the king. Like a the Renaissance guy who plays Fair. The, yeah, the Renaissance yeah. Fair, they call it down south. That's, that's what he is. He looks like the, the king who watches over the joust. And he's like, you will fight for the joust. <laughs> and then you catch him like with his yeah, shirt off. Yeah, he had off. like white hair or gray hair. That's exactly what he looked like. Then you like. catch him like with his shirt off and he's wearing like a dirty polo and he's drinking like a Budweiser after the he fact. He's one of those big chicken yeah. legs. <laughs> you're like, dude, you're ruining the illusion. Put your costume back on. Oh my God, I really, on. really want to go to King Richard's Fair right now. <laughs> uh, so bad. Awesome. I want to go do the fucking axe hurl. The Renaissance Fair. The axe hurl. I don't even know. It's just so expensive and like you have to dress up. It's like like, a gazillion dollars for a fucking turkey leg. Yeah. Like I don't other places. I'm sure it's cheaper, but up here it's like freaking crazy. Whoever the master of coin of King Richard's Fair is, is on point because they are making a killing. I think it's Lord Baelish last I checked. It might be. I'm pretty sure I saw him (laughs) once like counting some money. (laughs) It was like my dream come true. Anyway. So faith militant montage was pretty intense. Oliver. Is that the blonde man's name? Yeah. Love that dude. Me too. He is looking out for Peter Baelish, which, as you know, in my books, makes you good. Also, he banged Oberyn. Also, he banged Loris Tyrell. And mm. I love both of those men. So there's pretty much nothing wrong with Oliver. And he took a punch in the face. An elbow in the face. Even well, worse. Yeah. yeah. And then we get the usual boy fucker, cocksucker. And I was thinking, you know, Full rape, frontal nudity. You know, rape is so 2014 for Game of Thrones. Let's just get right to the homosexual murder. Yeah. You know, like, let's just hello? do that. <laughs> But, I just by like, the way, they are intimidating as shit. The faith militant because oh, yeah. they are because their conviction and fearlessness and their adherence to purpose 
is just so fucking intense. They'll die easy for like they won't care. They're I don't like. Who- I don't look at. I don't look at a Faith Milton guy and think like, "Fuck, how do I fight that guy?" Like I would look I at somebody like the Hound. The Hound is a more battle tested murderer or a Brienne. I don't want to fight any of those people. The Faith Milton, yeah, just some fucking crazy person. But they're together as a team, as a unit, smash in all their, your shit, in their conviction, in their fucking fearless, their fervor. Is frightening, and yeah. they are—they're a bitch, man. They're a motherfucker to deal with. Do you think the High Sparrow knows about Cersei's little incest problem? Because I feel like that must be against his rules. I, but I mean, maybe not. Apparently, everybody does because they were yelling oh, yeah, at Tommen was... and calling him a bastard and a, a an abomination. I think they used. I think that's important to pay attention to how widespread it is and how much that this is common knowledge, which we saw with Bronn talking to right. Jamie, and we saw again here and. To someone like Tommen, who's a baby. Poor kid. I mean, what do you think his reaction is to hearing that? He probably is confused because- Of course, his, he doesn't know. His, can we talk about Tommen? Yeah, I love this freaking kid. I want to hug him and pet his hair and like put him in high school. Like, not as the king. First off, Tommen, start, Tommen starts with this. I demand that Sir Loris be freed now. Did I arrest him? Well, no, but y- you are the faith militant. You gave the High Sparrow an army. Don't you just feel for him? I love it. I, I've been saying this for two episodes straight that I love Tom and he's so sweet and so naive and this is not the place for him. Oh my God, this poor child. He should be in Doran running around with the snakes. She knows. Cersei knows that he's going to get humiliated because oh, yeah. she knows he's not going to take action that would result in widespread bloodshed. Yeah, because he's not a freaking douchebag. She's also pretty certain no one's going to try to kill him with a king's guard around him. No. The Faith Militant aren't that stupid. No. Right? They're not going to kill the king. So she sets him up to embarrass him, but plays it off like, oh, you should go free him. I can't believe they... She's like, despite his vile behavior, I can't yeah. believe they arrested what him. What an asshole you know? Cersei is in the scene. <laughs> I want to give her an elbow in the face during this oh, one. She's Let so me tell brilliant. you. Uh, she's brilliant. Poor Loras Tyrell. She's tough not to... She's tough not to admire She's the villain you can get behind. Yeah, I love villains who throw poor Loris Hyrell in jail for his <laughs> abomination of being a gay man in Westeros. Yep, yep, yep. In Thanks, Cersei. But the Faith Militant blocked Tommen. None shall pass. Speaking of uh, yeah, sorry, the, Python. The High Sparrow is busy praying and can't be interrupted. Okay. Yeah. Sounds a little silly. But this brings us back to how we started on Tommen, and that's when they start to shout bastard and abomination in poor Sweetie Pie Tommen. He's like, we'll find another way. Yeah, you don't think that he went back to his little room, he picked up Sir Pounce and said, I don't understand, Sir Pounce. And where has Sir Pounce been all season? I'm telling you, if I don't get any Sir Pounce in season five of Game of Thrones, I'm going to be pissed. I think Sir Pounce in the next, uh, in the Winds of Winter book has a chapter. Thank he God. has a POV chapter, so you'll be good. That's my dream. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty pissed about no Sir Pounce. I haven't seen any good animals pretty much all season. Where's Ghost? I don't know. What's Except that here? fucking hot chick on reverse cowboy before she got a mace to the head. Um, she yeah, was an that's animal. not the type of animal. That no, I'm different type for, of animal. Gotcha. But thanks. So Marjorie storms off. Needs to be with her family. Tommen's getting set it's up like, by his mom. Will you come back tonight? So Tommen, <laughs> no, Tommen, I won't. Come by for the, the old in out. I need in to. Out. I need to be with my family, aka nobody, because Cersei sent them all away. Yeah. So he's sitting there, Tommen, and, and Tommen's chilling solo too. What's he gonna do? I told you, talk to his cat, for Christ's sake. Mm. Oh, well, poor kid. So He ain't going to go to the brothel, that's for sure. Tommen, um, 
I demand Sir Loris be freed. And then he just is like, oh, whoops, I'm not so formidable. I know. It's so sad. He's so naive. I can't. It breaks my heart because he's so sweet and Joffrey was so awful. And they're just such opposites. It's just unbelievable. Yep. It's going to be awesome to... So this is how... This is a move by Cersei to maintain control over Tommen, which is she can get them to get past the Faith Militant because of her relationship with the High Sparrow. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And Tommen's going to need her. Yeah, exactly. Now he's realizing he can't do it on his own. He needs his mommy. Who freaking him? Well, with the return of Littlefinger and Grandma Tyrell, things will surely heat up at King's Landing. As as they already have murder in the streets. By the way... A problem, if you think about it, that these people um, are just running rampant and no one's getting in the way. Like the guards turn their backs. That was another big moment in this episode. Yeah, that's a problem. The guards are like, fuck it. We don't care. Giving this faith militant power is a big problem. Could be a good move for Cersei, though. Not for me, who roots against her. So where to next, my friend? Let's go to Winterfell. All right. Since we're already talking about Littlefinger, we might as well continue down the path. All right. So at Winterfell, Sansa visits the tombs and hears about Lyanna, the tournament, how Lyanna was promised to Robert. Rhaegar defeated Selmy, by the way. Daris and Selmy? Yes. That man that I love? Yes. And rode past his wife, Elia, who was eventually killed. Yeah, raped and murdered by the mountain. Yes. And uh, and all the smiles died away, gave his roses to Lyanna. Which who, I think is sweet and romantic. And then uh, Rhaegar chose your aunt. Tens of thousands died, kidnapped and raped her. Hmm. Says Sansa. That's a bit of a non sequitur. But that's like the big... That's um, the story. That's what started Robert's Rebellion. I know. But if that's the truth or not the truth is the question. Right. Which I think that... And I don't know. I, I think that that can't be the truth. I just think that there has to be more to it. And I think... Leanna may have been a willing participant and maybe this rebellion shouldn't have been started. And She's like the Helen of Troy, the face that launched a thousand ships and started all these wars. Like, yes. That's and we're going to talk more about Leanna. this when we get to Marine, which we'll do next. Because we're going to talk about Rhaegar. No, yes. we're not. We're going to do Marine last. Sorry. Okay. I already decided. Oh, yeah. We're, I, I we see. have like eight million I'm things looking... left to talk about. So anyway, but when we do get to Marine, we're going to have to talk about Rhaegar again because apparently Selmy has a different opinion of him, of too. A lot of Rhaegar talk. I wish we could get a Rhaegar flashback to his worst favorite thing in the world because yeah. he's mostly super handsome. Yes. And I wish we could have a whole TV show about Rhaegar. We just might. Like, where's the Game of Thrones prequel? I don't know. I'm sure when Game of Thrones ends, we'll get that. So yeah, we won't be waiting long. But at any rate, tens of thousands died, and that's that. So Sansa obviously believes the story about how she was kidnapped. Of course, as she should. That's how it was told. Why wouldn't she? That's what Robert and Ned thought. Because Robert and Ned, after that happened, that's when Robert's rebellion started. And that's when, of course, Rhaegar was killed in single combat by Robert. He smashed his breastplate and all the rubies fell out. That's why they call it the Ruby Ford River or whatever. Because all the rubies Damn. broke and he died. And... Yeah. And there was a fire and the Mad King did some the shit. The Mad King's like fucking kill but everybody. Jamie's like, actually, I'll kill you first. Sir. Yeah. So it's cool to get this tied back into first season shit here. You know, I love awesome. it. I love hearing about stuff. I love stuff from the past coming back. I'm a big fan of that. And because I think some of these stories are fascinating. I think the stuff about the Mad King and Rhaegar are like really, really interesting stories. And so I love hearing about them. And that's what we have going on here. We have this 
and, and we'll talk about it at the wall too, which is like the doubt of the legitimacy of these tales. Yeah. Like was Rhaegar a murderer? According to Selmy, he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Did he ride off with Lyanna? Was she kidnapped or did she love him too? I don't know. Everybody seems to have a different story. Did Ned Stark have sex with a common barmaid that wasn't his way, Stannis says? I don't know. Is so- Jon Snow actually... The daughter, right. a son, I mean, of Leanna and <laughs> No wonder he didn't want to bang Melisandre. I think I have Princess he's Shireen like, on my mind. He's Sorry. like, my lady, I don't want to scissor you here in the wall. Oh, stop. I hate when you talk about We can't be scissoring. I have a wall to guard. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God, I can't. So, so anyway, um, Littlefinger yeah. talks a little bit about Stannis here. He will march south. He has to take Winterfell. By the way, we were just talking about this last week. We're like, does anybody fucking know that like Stannis is coming? Like the Boltons certainly don't seem to know. Oh, the Boltons don't know. But Littlefinger, he's on top of that shit. He knows all. Love that guy. He certainly does. Tell Sansa things are going to be okay. Don't you worry. Yep. And that was our concern on one of our podcasts. Like how will Stannis treat, how will Stannis treat Sansa? And and he remind and Littlefinger reminds us that he's going to be grateful for Ned's support of him. And just, he's going to be like, you're the wardeness of the North, which Just like he wanted awesome to do to, to Jon Snow. Right. He wanted Jon Snow to do it because he thought Jon Snow was the only person. If he has somebody else who can do it, who's willing, he's going to take that person and let that person do it. That's because right. then the North fights for Stannis. Yep. Simple. This is so, it's not going to work out this simple, but man, on paper, it looks freaking it good looks for Sansa. Good. Doesn't it? Doesn't it look like Sansa is finally going to get her damn. happy ending? On paper, it looks good. Because even 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 Littlefinger's like he will take the North, the North will rally around man. him, and then he will take King's Landing. Period. End of story. Sansa's like, yeah, is he gonna win? And he's like, Littlefinger's like, yes. yeah. If I was gonna put a bunch of money on it at Vegas, I would definitely put my money on Stannis. Yeah. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah, exactly. And then he says, as it happens to be, I'm a betting man. So he's probably already got his little fingers moving around. Yeah, I'm sure little fingers got the shit on lockdown. But then he does say, he cautions, if the Boltons win, you take this boy and make him yours. Yeah. He's apparently already smitten with big, tall Sansa. Who wouldn't be? I'm smitten with her. <laughs> Much of the chagrin of his psychotic girlfriend torturer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to do some crazy shit. They haven't her. had a chance to run down women in forests with huge dogs and then chop them up yeah, and that have was sex awful. afterwards. Just, I don't know. Oh, my God. Ugh. But yeah, Littlefinger is in Sansa's concern with Roos and he's like, don't worry, just outmaneuver him. I've taught you well, basically, and the North will be yours. Littlefinger says, but even the most dangerous men can be outmaneuvered. That's right. And you've learned to maneuver from the very best. And I said, don't forget that you said that, Peter Baelish, because you are a dangerous man. Yeah. And you've taught this woman to outmaneuver. And again, I'm telling you, like Sansa is going to be Littlefinger's kryptonite. I like your style. I'm telling you, I, I feel like the way he loved Callan so much that there's been all this this buildup that in the end, his downfall is going to be her. We'll see. But they did smooch on mouth, so kiss I wrote in all capitals. He smooched her in the mouth, kind of. Yeah, but I mean, she didn't like pull away. What do you think's going on with it? Because she says, I, I expect like- you'll be married before you... Uh, no, I'll she be said. Yeah, I expect I'll be married before you return, which is kind of like saying, like, what do you want to just bang me on these cold stone steps? Yeah, I think that, like, they're a couple now. I mean, I think like they need like a uh, like a showman's name, but because like Littlefinger has so many names, I don't know which name to make into the showman's name. So if somebody can like think about that and tweet me, no one's going to do that. That saddens me. (laughs) But I, 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 she's kind of flirting with him again. I think she's. uh, I do too. I totally do. Um, cause, but then again, Sansa has already learned that flirting is something that's going to work in her favor. So is she flirting because she means it or is she flirting because she wants to, you know, keep, she knows that Littlefinger wants her. I mean, she's not an idiot. Mm, 
will it be the second Stark to use his love for that Stark That's to so take advantage of him? For him? Sansa's so tall, though. Like, she's taller than him, and it really freaks me out. Like, they should put him in higher shoes when yeah. they're in scenes together, because it's so weird. Maybe the first medieval platforms were worn by him. No, but seriously, I think that, you know, it's true. I feel so bad for Littlefinger, because he's lived such a clean and treacherous free life <laughs> that... That it would be just a terrible tragedy if he was to befall a similar fate to the ones he's rendered on so many souls. How dare you speak of him Pretty that sure he put a knife up to my main man Ned Stark's throat once. Yeah, but he didn't mean it. Still mad at him about that. He absolutely meant it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ned Stark did steal his woman, so... Oh, boy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love Littlefinger. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> So he's uh, he's heading to King's Landing. Boy, that's a bold move considering you murdered the king. I just hope that like it's not like an entire season of like Littlefinger like traveling to King's Landing so that we don't see him again at all because that will depress me. Like I hope he like hops on a little charter plane, flies over to King's Landing, does his shit for a couple episodes and then goes back to Winterfell just as the craziness is going on. Guess we'll see. Yeah, it'd be cool if next season he arrived. We don't have to go through all the bullshit, but... What do you mean next season he arrives? You know what I mean? Next episode. No, next episode. Oh my God, why would you try to do that to me? So anyway, King's Landing. um, I'm sorry, Winterfell. Winterfell. Anything else we need to discuss here? That's all. It's just a short little scene, but... It's nice that we didn't have to see any Boltons this this week. Yeah, fuck those Boltons. I hate every single one of them. So, where do you want to go next? We can go to the wall or we can go to... Yeah, let's go to the wall. All right, let's do it. Since we're talking about Starks, do you like how I like make up a segue for everything? Yeah, yeah. It's so real we were smooth. like talking about the Starks and Stannis marching, so let's move over to the wall. I don't know how I'm going to segue my next one, but I'll figure it out. No, no how are you going to oh, Okay, we'll figure it out. That's fine. Yeah, so this is when they start talking about that wasn't Ned Stark's way, because uh, Selyse is talking bad about Shireen because she's a mean bitch. Um, uh, Melisandre sticks up for Shireen, which I like. I liked that. Uh, I wish she would just burn that lady. That would be make me happy. And then, of course, Melisandre and Stannis have a bit of a dialogue. Yeah, I hate um, Selyse. And my main, my first note on my section entitled The Wall is Selyse is being a bitch as per usual. Yes, she Hate that is. woman, want to punch her in the face. She's the worst. Can't wait till she dies. Yeah. Pounding down the episodes. Love Princess Shireen. Love her. What do you think about this talk about this wasn't Ned Stark's way? Do you think that's just a... Something to get all the nerds wondering about where Jon Snow comes from. Um, maybe to put to fuel fire on the internet rumors as to his his, I don't know his heritage. I'm really into the whole like who Jon Snow's real parents are thing. Um, now I never was until you thought you got a spoiler, but then it wasn't a spoiler. Yeah. It was just speculation, and now I'm really into all the speculation that of the like Lyanna Rhaegar, like maybe were the parents of Jon Snow. Like, right, that pretty much would be the most amazing thing of all time. So don't let me down, George R. R. Martin. And you're saying maybe Rhaegar was his yes. dad? Maybe that's why they talk so much about Stark him? Stark and um, Targaryen together as one? I don't hate it. Like, isn't that the dream? That would truly be a song of fire and ice, would it not? Yes, and that's oh, how it all ends. shit. Because I'm pretty convinced, just like I was convinced Oberyn wouldn't die, and just like I'm convinced that uh, whoever <laughs> else is going to die, I'm pretty convinced that Jon Snow is the Rick Grimes of the show, the unkillable character. You think he'll hang on to the end? 
Yes, and thank God Kit Harrington has gotten better since the first couple of seasons. Well, his character's gotten better too. He's awesome. I love Jon Snow. Me too. He's a great character. Um, me too, but I I feel I do. I think he's like the Rick Grimes. I think he's your one unkillable character. I think he is the one character, maybe Arya too, but like I, I really think Jon Snow is is a, is going to be a huge part of the end game of everything. Yeah. With Danny. I, I mean, I think those are the two characters you, you we're not going to lose. Yep. Yeah, think about that. A song of fire and ice, right? Yeah, that's pretty much my dream is that that's what happened. Mm. Is that somehow Ned got a hold of this kid and took him and he's half Targaryen, half Stark. Be pretty cool. That'd be, and Ned would have been his uncle. Yeah. And, and, and like we've all said, it's, you know, Ned wasn't, you know, whoring around and begging a bunch of chicks in the brothel. So. All right, everybody. I hate to do it to you, but I got to take a quick break because we got to keep the lights on over here at LSG Media and keep the podcast going. Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is Dean with LSG Media, and I am so happy to say that now we've got corporate sponsorships, so we're going to be talking like radio guys, yeah! Wow, can you imagine if every podcast you downloaded sounded like radio guy asshole? That would be a goddamn tragedy. So here's a couple things you can do to help that not happen. If you got a buck, two, three, five, ten, twenty, whatever, and you want to kick it over to us every month to ensure radio guy doesn't show up and start doing your podcasts, head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash LSG media, and we will definitely help you out because this is not what you want to hear. Right on. All right, all right. Welcome back to the show. We have got another three minutes analysis followed by two hours of commercial break coming at you. So help me help you guys get great content in none of that radio guy asshole bullshit. Head over to patreon.com slash LSG media and take a look at some of our donation options because who wants to hear that guy talking about Game of Thrones? Not me. Let's move on to Stannis and his discussion with his daughter. Oh, well, first let's talk about Jon Snow. Um, and Why? Because his... it's first on your paper? You can't get past that? Yeah, I like to go in order of the shit that happens. <laughs> okay, for go ahead. For sake. Start it off. Jon Snow is asking for troops. And yes. Sam, whom I love in his new role as Jon Snow's like secretary, I'm not joking, loves Sam in the scene. He was really funny and adorable, and I wish he was my secretary. You flip a coin every week, and About if Sam? it's head, you hate him. If it's tails, you love him. There's no middle ground. This episode. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, but Jessica's life is basically a song of ice and fire. She's either <laughs> fucking cold on you or she's hot on you. There's no fucking. Wait till we get to Stannis. <laughs> There's no fucking spring. It's either flames or fucking ice blocks. No middle ground here. She cannot temper herself. I feel all my emotions strongly. Jesus H Christ! It's I who guess I so. am. I guess so. I'm a very passionate person. I think you're God. most like the Mad King. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. Tell me what you want to tell me so desperately. No, I won't say anything desperately. I was just saying I love Sam. He's got this job. They got to ask for shit from the Boltons and Sam's that all trying slick. to be all nonchalant. <laughs> He's like, hey, here's this person. Here's this person. Oh, here's a piece of paper. Just don't read this name at the top. He's like covering it with his arm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's no. awesome. But yeah, this leads into the more important part called when um, Melisandre sexually harasses Jon Snow. God damn. Can't harass the willing. I don't know. He said no. She's a smoke show. (laughs) Except she's a weirdo. You know, like she's got the crazy stuff going on. I just can't get into the whole crazy thing. Yeah. When she's like, basically put a shadow baby in me because 
That's what I want. But she's like so weird because she's like, hey, come to Winterfell. And John's like, no. And she's like, well, let me show you. Well, we'll happy you come to Winterfell. And John's like, what, you're going to make freaking fire shit? Like, no, not Make interested. me see visions, And he's he says. like, actually, she says, I'm going to get naked and straddle you and basically dry hump you and make you touch me, a.k.a. sexual harassment, um, which I think, if, you know, Jon Snow looks to his contract from work, like, he can do something about that. Like, I don't know who the higher-ups are in the HR department, but... This is concerning. Pretty sure there's no HR department at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. That's, that's not like the job that they give like Tormund Giants Bane. That's what he's doing now. He's sitting in an office taking complaints. Fucking quill and ink. He's throwing it against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the paperwork on Jano Slint's execution. Oh my God. Paperwork, paperwork. What a headache, Tormund says. Bump it up. Ooh. Ah, oh, another good joke. Oh my God. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And then Melisandre, after, like, she's like, hey, touch my boob. And John's like, no. And my favorite is, like, the order of why not. One, Stannis won't like it. <laughs> I think that's Which two or three, like, um, No, that's the first thing he says. Oh, I and thought then he was like, he I says, swore a vow. No, he says, I swore a vow after. Okay. Because I wrote um, John's first concern. I don't think Stannis would like that very much. Okay, that's a good Then concern. he brings up his vow, and then that he loved another. That or not, he still loves her. Yeah. And Melisandre's like, how about I fuck with your head a little? So can I ask you a question? Sure. Is that a slip up in writing or is it common knowledge that Stannis is banging this woman? I think it's common knowledge that Stannis is banging this woman. Really? Uh, Yeah. Hmm. I think it's common knowledge, like it's common knowledge that Cersei bangs Jamie. Like everybody knows, but it's supposed to not be talked about. Gotcha. nobody's supposed to know. And she's just like, we won't tell him. I'm like, you treacherous little wench. She doesn't care. She just bangs people. I think she wants a shadow baby. Because when she's oh, talking to him. Vagina smoke monster. Vagina smoke monster she definitely wants. Because she's like, you have the power to make life and light and cast shadow. She says. Well, Crazy Sandra. bedroom talk, by the way. Crazy bedroom talk. It's like dating a Wiccan chick. Of <laughs> saying crazy shit. <laughs> she's like, let's go to Salem on Halloween, too. <laughs> Do me on this gravestone. <laughs> Take me into the. <laughs> I want to have sex on Jim Morrison's gravestone in France. There's nothing wrong with being Wiccan and loving nature, by the way. Or Salem. It's Didn't cool. say there was. Or Halloween. We like it. But We're anyway. Cool with that shit. She, uh, yeah. I think she wanted a smoke baby to go kill Bruce Bolton. I'm not even kidding. Is that who his smoke baby would kill? I think so. Because that's who he wants dead the most. Yeah, because that's Is that the who most the smoke dangerous baby opponent. Kills? Like, does so the smoke monster once vagina it is, smoke monster once the vagina smoke monster is formed and like goes through its like you know gestation period mm-hmm. and then it's birthed out, it goes after the number one enemy of the father. Yeah. So, but wouldn't this like smoke baby just go kill like some like White Walkers and uh, be like bye? No. I think they have full control over the smoke baby. Oh, so Melisandre gets to decide? Yeah. There's there's no rebellion in the smoke baby word. There's no no awkward teenage years. So now what if... It does as it's commanded. What if this smoke baby went to go kill Bruce Bolton? It just so happened that Brienne had just arrived at Winterfell and she saw it and it looked like Jon Snow. What would she do? She'd be like, what the fuck? I thought that this smoke monster was Stannis. Would she be really confused? Like, would she try to kill Jon Snow too? No. I don't think she's an idiot. I just feel like this would be a conflict of interest about the vagina smoke monster. No, I think it would 100% go after Roose Bolton. Yeah, but I'm saying if Brienne saw it and it looked like Jon Snow, like, 
would she be confused? Because she thought the smoke monster was Stannis, but now she it's somebody else. She would definitely be confused, but I don't think that's a storyline they're really going to get after. The many faces of the vagina smoke monster and Brienne fucking with her goddamn Sherlock Holmes pipe and <laughs> fucking Podrick is Watson and they're investigating this vagina smoke monster murders. <laughs> the vagina smoke monster murders. Fucking A. I'm just glad that I know about the smoke monster because it explains so much about the TV show Lost now that I know where the smoke monster actually came from. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Melisandre's vagina. Well, anyway, she's not going to have it. And and then Melisandre uses her crazy fucking fire magic to say you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah, how does she him. know that? Could she read his mind? She's fucking, she shits things out of her vagina made of smoke. You're going to ask if she knows about reading minds and shit? I don't know. I don't know if she reads minds. You... Gotta get your shit together, sub host. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get to Stannis and Shireen, shall oh, we? Oh, my favorite part. Let's have a listen. Are you ashamed of me, father? I was told you would die. Or worse, the grayscale would go slow. Let you grow just enough to know the world before taking it away from you. Everyone advised me to send you to the ruins of Valyria to live out your short life with the stone men before the sickness spread through the castle. I told them all to go to hell. I called in every maester on this side of the world, every healer, every apothecary. They stopped the disease and saved your life because you did not belong across the world with the bloody stone man. You are the Princess Serene of House Baratheon and you are my daughter. Damn, Stannis, proclaim your love. Oh my God. Proclaim your love for your daughter. I like it, but are we setting up Shireen to be important because she's not really like it seems like a lot of time for what she's a princess Uh, I'll tell you what it seems like a lot of time for last season there was this man named Stannis who I hated more than legit anyone else on the show after this scene right here Stannis shot up into like favorite territory the song of ice and fire pretty much love him the story of Jessica's emotional I am team Stannis I want him to sit on that iron throne with Shireen next to him and Selyse dead hopefully and Melisandre gone because she's pretty annoying um, but Stannis is good in my book. This is a very sweet scene. I love father-daughter stuff, like when it's not like Tywin and Cersei. Like, you know, <laughs> I like like nice father-daughter relationships. Like, I think, I don't know, I just like it. Like, I liked Ned Stark and Arya. Like, I loved watching their interactions. And I love seeing this. It warmed my heart. I mean, I love Stannis. I don't even care if it never comes back again. Still love it. Do you, th- okay, I understand that you love it. But what okay. does it serve in the greater story? Maybe Shireen is going to have some shit going on. You, Shireen is not just a character who's here and has this great skill on her face. I know, she's been face. around a lot. That's yes. what I'm saying. She's and, been around forever. And there's something about this grayscale that supposedly kills everybody who has it and but didn't kill her. her. Hmm. There, there's something important about her. Melisandre, the way Melisandre talks about her. If Melisandre Indeed. thinks she's important, I think she's important. I, I think point. there's there's definitely... So how long have you been part of the Melisandre fan club? I hate Melisandre. Ugh. You just hate her? She's a, well, no. I just... Is she in the middle, perhaps? No. Say it ain't so. You find somebody neutral, you no, don't hate or love them? I just don't really like her. She's just kind of... Kind of a what? A sexual harasser. You're mad because she killed Renly. I am still pretty mad about the Renly death because I kind of had a crush on him and I was sad to see him go. Just so you know, it would never work. He's, <laughs> he's into Loras Tyrell. I don't know if you, I don't know, if you know this, but... <laughs> All right. Anyway. So you think you think Shireen is going to have a big part to play going forward at some point? I, I think all this she talk must, right? about the grayscale, too. Think about how many A couple already, episodes. Yeah, you're right. They've heard two it. stories, like a lot about the 
the gray scale. We didn't even know what it was called. And then all of a sudden we get the whole story where she's like, what do you call Gilly's it here? Yeah, it. Gilly yep. asks, what, what do you call it down south? And she's like, gray scale, what do you call it? And Gilly's like, nothing. And she talks about how horrible it is. And we find out like how hard it was to cure Shireen that the Dornish were the ones who sent the doll. Yeah. That gave her the gray scale. Like, I, I don't think anything means nothing in this show. Or just a Dornish man who was a like merchant. It wasn't yeah, necessarily. Well, maybe it was. Although poison Alaria. is a good move by them. That's something that they don't talk about much in the show, but apparently poison snakes, all that jazz. Yeah, obviously poison sword. So yeah, maybe, maybe there will be more for her, but uh, I, I hope so. Cause I love her or maybe they're just, or maybe they just want you to warm up to Stannis before they kill him off. If they kill off Stannis <laughs> now yeah. that I like him, I'm so pissed. <laughs> You wouldn't see that one coming, would you? Oh, no, Oberyn's, actually, I could see it. After Oberyn's amazing proclamation to how he thought Tyrion was just a regular boy and you loved oh, him even more, and then he got his no. head squashed. They, they, oh, the telegraphing. It's telegraphing. Not, it's not quite like The Walking Dead, but I mean, sometimes. They could be setting like you with up Braun, to like, like Stannis just in time. Braun's gonna die. Just in time to kill him. Yeah, because if they killed Stannis last season, I would have been like, thank God, and I would have. Wipe my hands and walked away. No big deal. Would you have gone to his uh, services? Absolutely not. No. I was wow. so sorry, Stannis. I got other things to do. Oberon also you died this have, season. Bye. You wouldn't have gone to the great Robert the Great's brother's services. I wouldn't have even gone to Robert's services, please. You are kicked off the podcast. Robert I liked amazing. Robert. He was super funny. He was amazing. That's not true. I would like to party with that guy. <laughs> like imagine going to a bar with Robert Baratheon. Stannis, not so much. Where do you want to go? Well, let's talk about... <laughs> Jorah and Tyrion, and we'll connect this because I don't know. You said you were taking me to the Queen. I am. Queen Daenerys Targaryen. She's the Queen I serve. Uh, what a waste of a good kidnapping. So happens I was heading there myself. What business would you have with a Queen? Gold and glory. Oh, and hate. If you'd ever met my sister, you'd understand. Oh, now that it's clear we are on the same side, a high-born knight from the north of Westeros, down on his luck in Essos. Dragon epaulets, bare sigil breastplate. Your Jorah Mormont. Pretty good disguise, Jorah. Yeah, I don't know what you're thinking, Jorah, but Tyrion is not stupid. Tyrion is fucking brilliant. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, it's nice to have him back. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's good that he's out of his funk. This was the best Tyrion all season, definitely. Like, he was much more himself. He was, he was funny. He was making jokes. Like, when he was talking about, it's like the small council meetings. I was always drunk, but <laughs> it's starting to come back to me. Yep, it's coming back to me. And that he's like, awesome. you know, fucking with Jorah a little. And I, I like it. I like the idea of Jorah and Tyrion together again. But, like, let me tell you, if I don't see Varys the rest of the season, if he's traveling aimlessly along with Littlefinger and I don't see either of them, it's going to be a really upsetting thing for me. I think you'll see Varys. Because there was not enough Varys last season, and I don't want that to happen again. I think next time we see Danny, we might see Varys. Ooh, Varys is going to make it first. Well, unless he's looking. Now he might be looking for Tyrion. I don't know. Like, oh, shit, I got to find that little dwarf. No, maybe maybe. he just assumes that Tyrion is being taken back to Cersei, and he's like, fuck, there's nothing I can do. And he goes about his business, right? right. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing to Varys is Varys. Yeah, true. Do you think that Mormon believed Tyrion all when he said, I'm here for hate sake? I don't think that he was really listening to what Tyrion was saying at that point. He was trying not to, but he was, right? But I do think that Tyrion will be able to get to Jorah. I do. I think Jorah thinks emotionally. Me too. Obviously. Um, <laughs> which is not served him well in certain circumstances. But I 
I do think that he's going to kind of not, it's not a trap, but he's going to fall into what Tyrion's saying and understand that. And, and I think it's perfect timing because when we talk about Marine, like Danny is going to need support from people like this more than ever at this point. So do you think Mormon's going to land himself in the services of Daener- of Danny once again? I think if she goes back on that, she's got a problem. I know. I think that that's the hard thing is I don't know what's going to happen with Jorah because I think it'll be hard for her to take him back, especially with Dario still around. But I also, I don't see him getting killed unless he has this heroic sacrifice. But even that, I don't feel like there's, I don't know. I don't get that vibe. And as you know, I'm on fire with predictions. Mm, yeah, we'll see. What if, what if Varys ends up, rallying a couple of people to go after Jorah to get Tyrion back or something. Who knows what kind of strings he can pull to. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes, but. I feel like Varys would be like, oh, Jorah, though, you gave me a lot of information. And I feel like Jorah was the one seeing the stuff to Varys, which made Varys want to go to Marine to meet Danny. Yeah. So I don't feel like Varys is going to have a beef with Jorah. No, I don't think so either. I actually think that like the three of them would be like the coolest like little group of all time. At least they'd have somebody to protect them physically. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Neither no one of them. shit. <laughs> I mean, Tyrion's a little scrappy if he can surprise you, but Varys, I don't know. Varys is very doughy. Very doughy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the best part of this was obviously seeing these two interact, which we have never seen. No, it was all, I love, was again, cool. yeah, I exactly. love the characters who you've never seen interact before coming together. It's so awesome. And of course, getting Tyrion out of his funk and to get him flexing his mind again and his charm. I like what he says to Jorah about the fact that Jorah thinks that he's going to bring Tyrion, a Lannister, as a, a sacrifice and then she'll execute Tyrion and pardon Jorah. And Tyrion says, I think it's just as likely that the opposite happens. And you know what? Tyrion's right. I think so too. I think that... If she, if Danny can truly believe that Tyrion hates the Lannisters, and I think Tyrion does, and I think if Tyrion went to Marine and spoke with Danny, like I really think that he could work for her on her little council mm-hmm. and be super helpful. I think he means it. I think he wants to take them down for what they've done to him. I yeah. really do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, damn man. All kinds of crazy. All kinds of crazy shit going down. That's no doubt. I can't wait till I get to Marine. I hope that happens soon. I think it's going to because I don't. For those of you who don't like to talk about previews, sorry. But we see the dragon. Tyrion sees a dragon in the preview, which is the most exciting thing I've ever seen in my life. The look on his face is perfect, and I I can't wait. And my guess is like that episode five will end with Tyrion seeing a dragon, like because you know we're not going to get Tyrion sure. Marine already because that would just be too nice of them to do that to us. Um, they'll make us suffer another week. Maybe. But that makes me excited. Tyrion getting to Marine makes me really excited. Well, we are going to arrive at Marine before Tyrion does. Why don't we head to Marine for our uh, little Shall final we? segment bit of this episode? We start with Barris and Selmy telling Danny an awesome story about Rhaegar. Rhaegar never liked killing. He loved singing. And what did you do with the money? Well, one time he gave it to the next missile down the street. One time he gave it to an orphanage in Flea Bottom. One time... We got horribly drunk. <laughs> Go, Sebastian. Sing a song for me. Your grace. Sing a swan song, dude. Yeah. Again, when we talk about telegraphing people dying, and like I say, The Walking Dead is like really like on the nose with this. And this was like a Walking Dead scene. Like a scene a character's going to get before they die. They tell this great story where they're talking about their past, about the person who they're talking to's past. Danny has that great last line to him. And... How did I not see it coming? I did not see it coming. Neither did I, but I feel like I shut up after that scene. 
I didn't see it coming until I thought the fight went on a little too long. Yeah, like something had to happen. Not just the death of Grey Worm, because that's not that exciting. And I don't think he's dead anyway. No, he's not. It went on a little, it went, I don't think he is. It went on a little too long. I was a little concerned. And uh, yeah. As soon as I saw Barristan tell me he was going to join the fight, I was like, he's going to die. And I was super upset. And you kept saying, oh, he's such a great fighter. This is going to be so awesome. And I'm like, no, but he's going to die. This is not going to be awesome because he's going to be dead. But he is a great, so he is a great fighter. We were both right, except he did die. I was wrong about that because he doesn't die in the fucking book. Yeah, I know. There are a lot of book readers who are... And as of the third best. book, he was still alive. And I was like, does he fucking die? He's still I had alive heard he, everything. That's what I thought, too. I had, By the way, spoiler if you're reading. Oh, yeah. Spoiler if you're reading the books. But I mean... Yeah, sorry. but anyway. Yeah, he's still alive. Doesn't matter. And I heard he does a lot of cool shit in the books, too. Yeah. So who's going to do cool shit now? I don't know. I don't know either, but I was kind of pissed about this guy dying. So he's like one of those people who you're like... Eh, you don't really think about him. Then he has this great scene telling a story about Rhaegar. I'm like, you know what? I really like Barristan Selmy. And then he's dead. So. So many great scenes. And he's such a big part of the lore of of it all. Like, yeah. He's, he's a huge part of the lore of it. In fact, if you go to his like page, if you go to like a, a Song of Ice and Fire and you read about him and all the shit he did and all the f- people he fought, he's just a total badass. Like I'm just perusing through it right now and he's fought and defeated so many people. It's just cool to read about him because he's a badass and now he's dead. And, um, yeah, I didn't think he was going to die because as soon as he joined that fight, I kept saying, I knew brutal. But before his death, before we talk about that fight, we should really talk about the line that we started, which is Rhaegar never liked killing. I think that's an important thing that he says, Mm-hmm. who knows the man better than the man that's always hanging out with him? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So this brings us back to Robert's rebellion. Did Rhaegar kidnap Lyanna or did he not? Oh, and then I think what reason does Barristan Selmy have to tell an untrue story exactly. about somebody? Like I can understand being blind about somebody that you know. And I could understand him being like, hey, Rhaegar didn't mean to do all this bad stuff. That's not even what he was doing. He was like saying, hey, here's this great story about like Rhaegar. Right. This is something he loved to do. And when he did it, this is what he did with the money. Like, yeah, we want to go drunk a couple of times, but then he donated it to a freaking orphanage. And it's like, right. Like what reason does Selmy have to tell an untrue story here? He doesn't. Robert Baratheon has a lot of reasons to tell an untrue story. Right. So just saying. But, it, but, but he might, but I don't think Robert was being dishonest either. I think he, Really, well, I thought that was what happened. I, re- I yeah. really think he took it. They no, wouldn't have right. gone to war. Him and Ned wouldn't have gone to war had they thought otherwise. I- I'm sure that Ned thought that's what happened. Right. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. No, I guess that's what Robert probably thought too. Right. I because... think it might have been a rash move and who knows how she actually felt, but that's what's cool. You know, the dead can't tell you how they felt. So no, they can't. Unless like win. Melisandre like reads their minds and stuff. Yeah, that's like, true. She did to Egret and Jon Snow. Or if you sit down and have a chat with a white walker. It's cold out here. Do they know all these things? It's cold. So his Zol Larak continues to talk about culture Freaking and fighting, fighting pits. pits. For Christ's Just sake, shut up. reopen them already. I like when they're like, <laughs> Selmy's like, do you want me to come in and help you? And Dario's like, I can protect her from this dude. And Danny's like, actually, I think I can take this dude on my own, you stupid man. <laughs> like, come on, guys, relax. Hey, that's what they're charged to do. That's their jobs. Well, enough about the fighting pits. Sickening. Yeah. Just shut up. We're not going to give you the fighting pits now. That's for fucking sure. But they kind of interlay that over the Sons of the Harpy starting to go on a stalking killing spree. Which is crazy. And that stupid bitch prostitute is in on it again. 
yep. what's up with her? Yep. I don't know, but I don't like her a little fake crying. And she's not the only one. And I think that's the point here. And I think that's what's going on in this moment, which is amazing, by the way. To the Sons of Harpy, it's funny. We see the we see the same issues plaguing King's Landing in a sense. Yes, exactly. I was thinking that too. fanatical groups, you know, fighting. They're very mirrored. They've, you know, mirrored. Mirrored. (laughs) I'm just teasing you. Whatever. Sorry. I'm from Massachusetts for Christ's sake. Sometimes I don't pronounce my R's. I try to be very cognizant of it. Can I get a cup of clam chowder? Can I get a cup of clam chowder? And maybe a lobster roll. Let's wrap this up so I can watch the Red Sox game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Look at that shit DVR now. All right. So I like how they go stalking through the city. There's something about masked, her- uh, masked, not heretics, masked fanatics. And the masks are creepy as shit. They betray no emotion. Yes. That's why masks are creepy. The harpies make no noise. They're not like, move here, down, left, right. They just go They're like kill. Michael Myers. Like They just hello. go kill they just pop up everywhere like oh hey murder it's it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool and uh yeah i think part of the issue here is is like they show that prostitute in and again i don't know if it's the same one but i think no it's definitely her is it and the point is is that they have some of the common people working with them because they don't like the way shit's going down in the direction that right the harpies want them to go so they can right into the ambush exactly ambush them yep the poor poor unsullied yeah so here's the thing I started to think immediately. I'm like, okay, the Sons of the Harpies are just these resistance fighters that banded together and they're going to fight Unsullied, who are these warriors. So I was like, how are they going to fight them? And then you're like, oh, through their cunning, um, Overwhelming smart numbers yeah. and ambushes. Absolutely. And um, they're not relying on their skill at fighting. Not so much. But dude, first or of all, two people wouldn't be able to kill like 17 of them. Well, they're, they were they're fighters. great fighters. Not compared to Grey Worm and Barris and Selmy. That's my point. They're the great Oh, fighters. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Selmy, by the way, walking towards where everyone's fleeing from. Yeah, he's like, oh, bye. I gotta go kill some motherfuckers. Just walking towards the screams and the murder where everyone's running away from. And that's just great about Selmy. Like, thinking back on him, he always conducted himself honorably and never once did anything wrong. He never did any bastard moves. In fact, he's the only nobleman Besides Tywin Lannister, who ever stood up to Joffrey. Do you remember when Joffrey discharged him and he fucking fuck threw his Joffrey. shit down and he's like, fuck you. And he turns out and he leaves. Yeah. And, and then Tywin, like, and then, oh. and then Joffrey makes a move like he's going to have him killed. And Tywin's like, stop. Cause that's how much honor Selmy has. Like Selmy was super honorable. Like he was pissed when Jamie, even though Jamie killed the Mad King, he was pissed about it and was like, he should take the black. Like he needs to go to the wall. Mm-hmm. He that's a, he did a terrible thing. He can't just do that. Yeah, that, that betrays the whole order of the King's Guard. Of course, I feel differently about that. But you know, he's always been consistent in the way yes. he's conducted himself. I agree, which is awesome. And uh, it was cool to see him fight to kill a bunch of people because he does have a great reputation. Um, if you go, I'm telling you, go online and look at his tournament history. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, but like spoilers if you read the books. So. Yeah, and. Um, Grey Worm fighting like the Dickens too. Both of them fighting well. He wanted to get back to Masande so he could cuddle her in bed. Yeah. Topless. <laughs> Just kidding, Grey Worm. You were fighting because you're a champ. He was a champ. They were both. And uh, you could say that he saved Grey Worm's life for sure. Oh, yeah. Grey Worm was but on his way again, out. Like, if I could have Grey... No offense, Grey Worm fans. If I could have Grey Worm or Barris and Selmy, I don't know. The scales are tipping heavily in one favor. Right, because Selmy can actually offer counsel. Grey Worm, 
you're okay and stuff, but I thought you died in another episode. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks, but I wasn't going to like, you know, cry about it. Yeah. I'm with you. Although Sorry, I do, dude. I do like Grey Worm though. I think he's pretty cool. He's growing on me. But anyway, they get in there. And another thing about these Sons of the Harpy, these guys just slayed how many of them and they keep fighting. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. Like, it's not like a band of brigands who you kill three and the other two take off. Like, oh shit, gotta go. They yeah. fucking hang in there like the like the fanatics in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. They stay till the end. They're like, we're going to kill you eventually. So they're all like, that's some scary fucking conviction. conviction. Yeah. But when I watched this fight scene again, I got fucking goosebumps, man. I was like, damn. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Even the second time I was like, look at Selmy. What a badass. I'm already mad about him being dead so much. Yeah. So. But a great closeout where they have that high angle shot on on all the dead people. Just that massive bodies in that corridor. Yeah. Pretty cool. Damn. This is sad news. Sad news. Do you have anything else you want to say about it or shall we move to our our listener comment? Oh yeah, we only have one comment. No, (laughs) R.I.P. Bears and Selmy. Yep. All right, let's get over to our listener comment um, because it was good enough to discuss and uh, let's hit us with the music first. All right, what do you got, Jessica? I have a comment from Nate Holt who said, is Cersei so crazy as to completely weaken Tommen's role just so she can have a little payback to Marjorie? She sets up this Faith Militant group, and now they're destabilizing King's Landing and threatening her son's power. What is Cersei thinking here? Also, more Princess Shireen. I like her character. I see Melisandre trying to get rid of her if she somehow conflicts with her influence over Stannis. I think what's happening, Nate, and I think we covered it, is, is that Cersei is trying to gain the power for herself by undermining everyone else. She wants control of King's Landing. And I think she's making some good steps to ensure that control. And I think that she wanted to bloody up Marjorie's nose and remind her, listen, I'll fuck you up if you want to get cute with me. And that's what happened here. The only thing I think Cersei's doing wrong is assuming she's going to have all this influence over the High Sparrow. Because I think the High Sparrow's faith is the thing he answers to the most. Yes, in response, I also want more Princess Shireen. Yes. So I'm with you on that, Nate. Yeah. So Nate's probably thinking the same thing I was like, we must be moving on to something here with her because she's getting a lot of airtime and get this whole scene. And maybe Nate's just like, hey, I like this kid. Maybe. Just like me. Yeah. She's pretty cute. The way she got all teary eyed when Stannis was talking. She was so happy. She loves her dad so much. It warms my heart. It was pretty heartwarming. Yes, I know. All right there, Miss Ice and Fire. Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Nope. We'll just see who I hate and who I love next week. Ha <laughs> ha! Nice. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. That's a wrap. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.